Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers and occasionally some random dudes. Hey everyone and welcome back to Quick Shots. I'm your host Mick Chambers and today I get to sit down and talk to Mark Hodges, U.S. Barebow Team member. Mark is an awesome competitor and he drops some amazing knowledge bombs in this episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey everyone, how you doing? Welcome back to Quick Shots. My name is uh, Mick Chambers. I'm your host and today we have Mark Hodges. Hey Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me on. Oh man, thanks for joining. I, I, we're, I'm kind of excited for this one because um, I don't know if everyone knows who you are, but I certainly know who you are. And, and we've been able to train together a little bit and you've given me a lot of advice along the way. So um, I'm excited for other people to get to know you, especially the community that um, uh, follows me. So, Hey, do you mind if you just kind of introduce yourself? Give us a, give us the long version of it. Give us your, your origin story, if you will, if you don't okay. mind. Uh, I'm uh, Mark Hodges and I'm from Lawrence, Kansas, home of the Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Um, that's the claim to fame. Uh, I am, uh, I've been up for 50 years. I was a professional coach, um, teacher, administrator. Um, I've got a master's degree in exercise physiology and a master's degree in uh, biomechanics and one in school administration. And um, I've just been really fortunate enough. I've been able to coach, well, from kindergarten to Olympians to professional athletes. And uh, yeah that's sort of my background in terms of educational and employment stuff. So a lot of, you have a lot of good experience on that side. You know, one thing that was really missing, I'm going to call you out here a little bit is that you didn't make it to the bareboat boot camp, and you were on the agenda to, to teach. And I, I was kind of hoping that you would be there. You know, I, I you bring that up right now. I haven't competed since we got back from France yeah, but- and Robion because I've got two elderly parents. My dad's passed away and I'm just not comfortable traveling. So I can't travel to the big events and I haven't for, you know, 36 months. Oh, that's, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't actually know that that was the reason why you weren't there. So I hope that's, I I didn't mean to bring up anything bad there, but I, I, it's it's just why it's like I got to Robion and I was ripping and I've been really training hard and then just don't, but with elderly parents, you don't have a choice, you know. Absolutely. You know, take care of your parents. You're, you're a good son. So that's great. I feel terrible. You know, I'm, I'm an implant from, from, <laughs> right. And so, so my poor parents are at home and they just have my brother and sister who are actually more responsible than me. So I guess maybe it's a probably a good thing. So <laughs> anyway, let's get back to you just a little bit more. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about keep, keep going on that story. So you've got your education, um, awesome background, education, uh, physical, um, uh, education. It, 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 and I just want to relate one quick story. Uh-huh. When we're, t- when you're talking to me, you, we always talk about the, the technique and the form and, uh, you're giving me some great advice and I still have all the, the those things in my head, everything you said to me, I'm trying to absorb and steal. So I'm going to ask you about that uh, a little bit later on, but go ahead with the rest of your uh, background. Well, I think the end in sort of building on what you just said, I think that a lot of that's because I've always, uh, learned sports on my own. And then with my got my education, I'm real detail oriented, sort of anal about a lot of things. It's just so, and I learned archery by myself. So, I mean, eight years ago, I just randomly picked up, I bought a bow on eBay for a hundred dollars 
a used longbow and said, okay, let's learn how to do this. It was just a whim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so, okay. So then you, you bought a longbow, you started training, um, you, you were on your own. So you had no mentors at that time. You know, I, I, I had no mentors initially. I was very lucky. The first 3d I ever went to, I ran into John Carroll and I, who's for most people know he's the grand old man in, in our particular area. Okay. And I just walked up to him and I said, Hey, can I shoot with you? And he says, sure. He said, and uh, this was just a, a fun shoot. And I had 12 arrows and I went home with three. <laughs> and uh, we've all been there. And then three months later, um, Jimmy Blackman yep. was coming to Leavenworth to be trained uh, in, a, in a class. He's still in the Army at that point. Right. And he put out something that said, Hey, anybody got a place I can shoot? And I said, Sure, come to my house. Wow. So he came to my house and Jimmy was the guy that sort of showed me that, oh, there is a way to really shoot good. Yeah. And he also introduced me to something in archery that's totally unique, is I'm a guy who's been shooting a bow for three months, didn't even know what an ILF bow was. Yeah. And, you know, he's at a very high level at that point. And he just hands me his bow and says, shoot it, go ahead. Just, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, that's something that's unique to archery. I mean, I, I can tell you in other sports like triathlon and cycling, I mean, we keep stuff completely under wraps. Nobody touches it. Yeah. Uh, so that's really unique. That's a world champion would just hand me his bow and say, yeah, shoot it. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I think the entire, but would you agree with me that the entire trad community, well, with the exception of a few people, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> are, I mean, that's how you are. I mean, I, you, I went over to your house, I think it was a few months ago, and you're like, here, here's this bow, try this out, pull it back. And I'm like, I was nervous the whole time that I was going to release it or something to dry fire and like the whole time. But, but don't you think that the trad community is like that? Yeah, it's, it's a very friendly community. It's real, real nice. And, and everybody roots for everybody. I'm, I'm telling you, when we went over to France, I have not had that kind of camaraderie on any team I've ever had. And that's a lot. Okay, you're getting ahead of us. You're getting ahead okay, of us. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're getting ahead of us on the France thing because we're going to get there because uh, that's an important part of <laughs> that's an important part of you. Uh, okay. okay, so I, I like this story. Let's stay on this line. So you're with Jimmy Blackman. Uh, for the viewers who don't know that, I'll put something in here. We'll show Jimmy. Jimmy's actually the OG of um, <sighs> three under gap shooting. Um, exactly. YouTube exactly. video, YouTube videos. So he's and he was with me for two days and said, this is what you need to learn. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I take things to heart and I really get, I delve in deep. Yeah. And I, I shot that whole winter of oh, thousands of shots and I got decent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, John, um, that I mentioned before, Carol, he said, let's go to a national championship. <laughs> and I said, sure, why not? <laughs> so we went up to Yankton and uh, just eight months after I started, uh, I won my first national championship in longbow at three, 3D longbow uh, for NFAA. And I was just like, what? <laughs> well, this is too easy. It hooked me. It hooked, those three things really hooked me. Really? Didn't you just say, this is too easy. I'm going to give up now. No, it, it, uh, remember all my things, I'm old. So all my things are in the master's class. I don't have to compete against the seniors. Yeah. Um, or 
I haven't, but I will in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, that sort of set me up to, from that was April of 13 to September of 17, I was deep. And mm-hmm. I ended up winning, let's see, seven national championships, um, three in Longbow and four in Barabow. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And sorry, what, what years were those? What was your last year that you, you, you competed? In, in- uh, the last year I competed in nationals was 16. So 13, 13 through 16. Okay. And then, then let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about you making the uh, U.S. team. Let's talk about Oh, okay. Well, that's a fairly long story. That, yeah, please. Um, I had worked for the Olympics, so I knew a lot about the rules. And I wanted – wondered why a team didn't go to the 3d world championships a compound guy uh cousins had dave cousins had gone individually as a player really? and they'd sent him without a team twice wow but there's a law uh, called the uh, the ted uh, stevens act it used to be called the amateur athletic act that said if you're on the national team and you want to compete internationally they can't stop you it's they, you know, they can't control your ability to, to compete internationally. So it was sort of a long story, but I competed really hard in 16 and I made the U.S. archery team in um, 16, which put me on the national team in 17. First time they had a master's team. Yeah. Okay. Well, the moment that happened, I said, I wrote them a letter and said, I want to go to the, to the 3D worlds. And they said, you can't. And then started about eight months of really. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually it took that long, but it eventually took legal action for me to, to convince them. Who's them? Who's them? Not the USA. USA archery. USA archery. Really? They did not want to send it. And I said, I said, you're either sending me or you're having trials. And with about 60 days before they said, okay, we'll do trials. (gasps) And that was how the team happened in 17. And that was the first time we got to go in 17. So it was sort of a 18 month plan, but I had to have worked with the Olympics before to know how the, the laws worked. Well, it's a good thing you did because now we go each year when we can compete now, right? So, right. And so- I'd already talked to Dwayne and Calvin and said, hey, if I get this team, are you gonna go? And they were like, heck yeah. So it worked out great. Yep. Um, uh, Dwayne and Calvin from CD Archery. Um, good guys too. And they've been on the national team uh, as well. Right. So, yeah. So that's good. So, and then you went to France. Went to France, competed in the uh, instinctive division. Okay. And um, which means, sorry, Mark, what does that instinctive mean? Instinctive is um, the best way I can describe it is a wooden bow and no string walking. Okay. Is it wood arrows too in that division? No, no. It's carbon arrows. Okay. It's sort of between longbow and barebow. It's in the middle. Okay. Okay. All right. It's real popular in Europe. There was what, 46 people in my class. Wow. How, how did you make out? Do you mind me asking? Uh, 22nd. 22nd. All right. Well, first, that's our very first showing in that division internationally, correct? Yeah. But the highlight of the whole thing, number one was the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, number, I mean, I've been in Olympic opening ceremonies. I've been in the Olympic torch relay. And nothing was as cool as carrying the flag in opening ceremonies. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That it's is a whole cool. different thing when you're, you're not the coach or the administrator, but you're actually the competitor. 
good athlete. They had a heck of a nice turnout. So they did good. There was over like 350 competitors. So it was great. So do, would you say internationally, um, uh, traditional archery is is more popular than in the U.S. or? Um, I, I don't mean it want to be controversial. The, the difference is, the difference is is some of the countries in Europe um, have very professional teams. They get paid to be traditional archers or to be longbow shooters or barebow shooters, and they actually are paid by their government. Makes a huge difference for us because when we go, it's like you know, it's all it's all on our nickel. Yeah, we okay. So one of the reasons, and just for everyone that's listening, one of the reasons that we that I am doing this is to get um, traditional archery uh, a lot more popular in terms of and get it some uh, insight. And you know, and you know, if you take a look at the Barebow Project too, uh, if you get a chance, we did a um, interview with the guys from Cam uh, Competition Archery Media. You know, they're doing some some stuff there to get archery to be more popular. And so that we can get money and especially traditional archers, uh, compound archers, they're on their own. I mean, they, they make money. Uh, but yeah. Mark, you've, you've competed all your life. You've been very successful. Um, and it's all been on your dime if I'm not correct. Right. That's okay. correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you do it for the love of it. Right. And you That's do it. Right. And so, but, but there's a certain point where we need to start to bring money into the sport. Um, yeah. and I don't think that that is detrimental to the sport and it will not be detrimental to the sport. No, and I think you're going to see Barebow continue the, we've had a last three years, it's really expanded. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's just going to see it grow and grow. What do you attribute that to? Do you think? Uh, I think it's the ease of competition and the friendliness, you know, it's like pick up a stick and string and let's play. Yeah. And you're really like a pioneer. You, well, Blackman, and then, you know, you came along and you started competing in that and, uh, winning uh, tournaments and stuff. Um, so when did, so what have you been doing recently? So, so I know you're taking care of your parents and you haven't said, you said, you told us you haven't been competing. So I've just been practicing, just practicing. Okay. And then you kind of had a, you kind of said something to in just about a minute and a half ago or two minutes ago, we'll rerun, rerun it. It's like, yeah, but I, that's going to change. You said something. Yeah, but that's going to change. Yeah. I have a plan. No, nothing much is happening uh, this year and next year, um, I'll get back at it again. And I'm, I want to make the U S national team again for USA archery. Yeah. And then, uh, once you go overseas, my goal is to, I'm going to compete with the uh, young guys and, um, see if I can get either field or 3d again. All the best. I mean, that's awesome. That's a great, that's, that's, yeah. I'd like, I mean, you know, before you, before the, before the grim reaper comes, you want to go ahead and do it. Oh, goodness sake. You know, the old phrase, get, get, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, 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 I do. I, I do know that. Um, but you are, uh, you're, you're quite the athlete and I'm, I've, I've seen you shoot. It's just, it's your machine, uh, which I love. And I think that's part of what you need to be. You have, you have to have that laser focus. And I, you know, one of the things that stands out to me when I see you shooting, it's like everything zooms in for you. It feels I feel like I get into that vortex. Even when I was shooting with you, I feel like I'm in that vortex and you're just like, no, laser focus, boom, hit that target. And so it's really impressive. Uh, I love the way you shoot. Hey, um, I want to talk to you a little bit. Let, let's, let's get down to some details though, in terms of okay. what you're doing now in terms of um, uh, training and practicing. So first of all, you said you're going to compete. Are you going to compete in barebow, longbow? Uh, uh, trad, uh, like what, what, what categories are you, you thinking? I think I'm going to compete in world archery barebow. 
Okay, world uh, because that way I can train for field and for 3D at the same time, you know, using the same equipment. Mm -hmm. I think trying to go from my weird string walking to having to shoot from the knock, yeah, it's just too difficult. But I saw you had a beautiful longbow last time I talked to you. I, I do, and I can I can shoot it. Yeah, you but can. if you're gonna if you're gonna focus on one thing, you focus on one thing. I have I that's that's great advice that I'm never gonna follow. <laughs> <laughs> I like I got like five bows. I want to shoot them all because I they I love them all. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us about your setup then. Give us give us a rundown of what you shoot. What's what's your uh, bare bow setup? Um, okay, I've got a. Uh, a CD 29 inch uh, riser and I had a little bit to do with the creation of that thing right? actually the inspiration for it I contacted Calvin about it and they were nice enough to build the first one and it's a fabulous uh, base um, then I do pretty much what Dwayne does I've got um, MK uh, zest limbs yep I'm shooting about uh, 41 and a half pounds off my fingers I got a 30 inch draw um, I'm using a sniper rat, uh, uh, rest, biter plunger, yep. um, Jaeger grip. Nice. Uh, it's a, it's a JD3 grip that I've modified a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, let's see. What do you, what's uh, your tab? Angel, Angel Majesty string. I really like that stuff. Angel Majesty. Okay. I don't know if I know that, uh, but it's, I can check it out it, now. It's Japanese and it's, uh, it's a very smooth, it's a great, it's been used for a long, long time. So it's, it doesn't have any thing in it. It's just a straight Dyneema string. Nice. What, so what tab are you shoot, running? I'm sorry? What tab are you running? Um, variable. Oh, yeah. uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm either shooting a Yoast or uh, a Bateman don't it sort of goes back and forth oh, okay interesting some people are like religious about their tabs they're like this is it it's gonna well, live and die they, with it. they both serve a purpose i have a real high anchor uh, when i do 3d yeah so the the bateman's leather doesn't scratch my face oh that's really what it comes down to oh okay well it's it's a practical reason uh, right that. okay good what did you tell us your arrow setup uh, I got all kinds of arrows. <laughs> uh, what kind of arrow are you talking? Field, target, 3D? <laughs> That's a good point. So why don't you tell us your philosophy on that? Because that was kind of interesting last time I talked to you about that, how you, you, you have the same setup for everything, same, everything's exactly the same, but you, you modify the arrows a little bit or you change the arrows? Yeah. In other words, I never change the bow. The bow stays the same. Yeah. And then I tune the arrows to the bow rather than the bows to the arrow. And so what I've got is, okay, ready? Uh, let's see. I had to grab them so I wouldn't blow it here. Yeah. Um, for 3D, I'm shooting uh, Victory H, uh, let's see. 3D HV? HV, yeah, 500 spine. Okay. And um, on this one, uh, all of them have 100 grade tips, makes it real easy. Yep. Um, I really like uh, Ellie veins from Italy. Okay. And so these I'm using IR three, uh, veins, which are like they're cloth almost, oh, wow. uh, real flexible. And, uh, then I always use biter, biter knocks. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, for, so that was for field. 
that that would no, that was for 3D. Oh, 3D. Okay, 3D. Super fast arrow, 265 grains. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, okay. Out of my bow, that's like six grains per pound. But don't tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to uh, blow your bow. I'm not going to tell CD Archery that you are. Right, exactly. Well, it's, it's actually the MK guys. Okay. The MK guys, yeah. yeah. Um, for uh, Target, I've got um, ACEs, Easton ACEs. Cool. Uh, 430, uh, 430 spine, but you have to go higher. And I'm using S3s, which are 50 uh, millimeter uh, hard veins, and then outknocks. Those are biter outknocks. That's neat. And that one weighs about 295 grains. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a hair longer than my other one. And um, then for field, uh, I'm using um, 450 spine uh, McKinney two shafts All right. uh, with the longer version, the 70 millimeter, because you got to shoot short distances. And uh, then I'm using uh, what are called in-out knocks. Let's have a look. They're, they're pin knocks, but they cover the whole pin. Let's see. Put, can you put them up in the camera in the, in the view just a little bit higher? Yeah, can you see that? uh bring it back just right in front of your face there you go oh that's cool neat so you have the knocks under you can see the yeah the pins see, underneath yeah. of it and then it covers it all and you don't you know uh the problem you run into in in world archery field is that you have to go from five meters to 55 meters yeah and you, so you got to have a lot of fletching yeah to correct when it's up short but it still has to be really light and fast um, Rick Stonebreaker told me about those particular arrows. And yeah. so I've sort of followed his lead. Yeah, interesting. Stonebreakers are winning all kinds of stuff right now. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could write a book on this. Uh, are you? <laughs> are, you gonna, are you interested in writing a book? It's just, it's just tinkering. It's, and and if, if, that's a nice thing about archery. Archery is forever tinkering. I know, but I mean, some of the knowledge that you could pass on in a book or whatever, well, even on this podcast is going to be change some people's setups. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Hey, go through your, um, so we got your, we got your equipment down. How about your shot process? Can you walk us through that? Yeah. Um, shot process for me is eight steps. Okay. Good. And I do the same eight steps every time. Um, I think I'm only weird in one area. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I just go from foot, I get my footing and my stance, then I go to my uh, hand and make sure I get my hand right, then I get my fingers right. So I'm just sort of like one, two, three, right down the list. Bow hand, you're talking bow, bow hand? Bow hand, right. I get my grip yeah. and then my bow hand. So you're really talking, okay. your contact, contact with the ground, contact with your bow, contact with your string. Okay. You get all those things before you do anything else. Okay. Okay, then my next step is a draw, and you've seen my draw. I just have a dead draw. I just draw it back and put it in an anchor. Yep. Uh, I'm, a, I'm different in that I string walk, but I don't string walk much because I've got, I'm a, I call myself a hybrid string walker. Yeah. I've got three different anchors, so I don't have to go down the string very much. Yeah. So it doesn't change my tune. Yeah, I want to, hey, I'm going to stop you there for a second because I have a story about that. Um, so we have a local range um, that Mark came out to and um, it's, it's here in DeSoto, Kansas. And we had an elk um, 
and the elk was downhill and it was a, it was a pot shot. It was like way the heck out there. And, you know, most guys just came up to it kind of, um, uh, uh pull and pray and, and shot it. And then, um, I'm with Mark. I'm just beside him. I'm doing some video. He shoots it, uh, three arrows, I think. Boom, 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 all into the elk. And it was, it's way out there. It's way out there. He gets back off. He goes, Hey, he looks at me. <laughs> this is you. Mark says, says, Hey, do you want to know how far that elk is? I'm like, uh, sure. 70 yards. I'm like, how do you know that? He goes from where I anchor on my face and where it was amazing. So pick the yardage just like that. I had already known the yardage because I, I, I had the range finder and I was just kind of um, filming. I wasn't actually competing that day. So uh, that was very interesting, Mark. So I just want to relate that story. <laughs> how, how well you, you figured out 70 yards. <laughs> anyway, so keep going. So anyway, uh, once I get that, that done and I've selected my anchor, um, then I'm a real, I'm an aimer. I aim. Mm -hmm. And once I get my aim, then I go to my expansion and I expand using my lungs. Oh, wow. I, I don't expand using my back muscles. They're already involved. But what I do is uh, there's a guy named Wim Hof. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's written a couple of books on breath works. And I find that the breathing settles me. And that's how I, that, that you say zones me in. I just basically disappear. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I exhale and then exhale and then exhale. And then as I'm coming to my end, I take a big, slow inhale. And anywhere along that inhale, for me, it pulls my arms back. It, mm -hmm. it expands my yeah. chest a little yeah. bit, which keeps me from creeping. And that's also sort of my trigger. I know when I'm inhaling somewhere along that path, the shot will go off. That's awesome. That is, that is unique. That is unique. And, that, and so if you want to call that a trigger, I don't know, it's just what I do repeatedly. And then, um, you know, I, I sort of, in that situation where you're taking a big breath, I don't have to worry about release and con conclusion. It just sort of happens. Yeah, that's awesome though. That that's fantastic. And then, um, yeah, and it goes where you want it to do. Uh, so it, it works. It's really awesome. Um, yeah, everybody's got to figure out what works for them. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. And so on that, you know, would you advocate for like if you were to teach, if you're gonna like say you did were able to make it to the camp, um, would you have taught your shot cycle to people? Is that something that you think is is worthwhile? I don't think so. I think. I think my job uh, as a mentor for the camp, yeah. I, what they wanted me to talk about were the unique parts of world archery rules. Mm -hmm. I'm, because I used to do that professionally and mm -hmm. write rules and things like that for the Olympics, yeah. then I knew, I went over there knowing everything I could do to help the team. And it actually paid off over there. Um, but we were sort of, as a team, we were like babes in the woods. We didn't know the rules. Yeah. And some of the other teams were just vicious. So, uh, so I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I will tell you that I, I, I attended the camp and they, they talked all about this. So please keep going. This is really good because they, they did mention this. There was. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, anytime you made any kind of mistake, nobody helps you. No. Everybody is, you know, they're kind and sweet, but, um, 
there was a there was a confrontation basically uh, in the semifinal no quarterfinal team rounds where one of our players actually shooters touched the stick and uh, the Italian team went crazy and they mm-hmm. interrupted the shot and interrupted the judge put their hands on the judge all kinds of stuff wow. and and I just you know it was they basically threw out that guy's shot and so we would have lost automatically well it turns out that we knew the rules so um, we were able to get our team manager to file protests and they lost all the way across the board so we won the quarterfinals and of course those three are the same that went on to win the gold medal yeah that's so awesome. it was really it was significant that is significant no i i had no idea that that controversy was there that's pretty interesting yeah. well it's a good thing you were there to help out um absolutely <laughs> just lucky, yeah hey so um just changing gears a little bit what what's something that um maybe uh people don't know about you that you'd like them to know about you and i i'm i we talked before this i i i'm telling mark mark please brag tell it's important for everyone to hear this and it's not bragging just go ahead and you know if there's something that's interesting about you we really want to know know. i've had just just remember i've always been in the sports world yeah Um, so uh you name it i have pretty much played with it you know motorcycle racing to uh, kayak racing to almost a, a variety of things but my big ones are probably, um, I'm a two-time finisher of the Ironman Triathlon in Hawaii. Wow. Um, that's a long day. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm also the 1988 Olympic cycling coach for the United States in Seoul, Korea. Wow. Um, I was also the director of, well, in that one, a claim to, a claim to infamy. Yeah, yeah, let's hear this. I recruited... Uh, uh, somebody people know, Lance Armstrong, he was a triathlete and I knew him from triathlons and I recruited him into cycling in 89, right after the Olympics. And, uh, you know, how that all turned out. Well, yes, we know how it turned out, but I mean, he was, he's a fantastic athlete. Um, he, yeah, he, he as a, I got him there as a 16 year old and we had never seen physiological test scores like we got from that kid. Yeah. Amazing. He was an amazing athlete. He was the so guy. then I then I switched over to and we was the CEO for USA Badminton in the Barcelona games. And um, so, are you a big badminton player? I played quite a bit. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that so, is a tough sport. I don't know if people know how tough that sport is. That is like. Well, uh, I always flexes. I always keep a little video that whenever we did uh, things, and it shows a Malaysian doubles team against an Indonesian double team. And they hit the shuttlecock 72 times in 39 seconds. <laughs> That's so, that is a it's tough It's just sport. unbelievable how, how quick they are. And, you know, they're hitting the shuttlecocks now, comes off the racket about 180 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. And it's such a small court. I mean, it's amazing. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Anything else? I'm learning um, kinds of stuff. No, that's a, that's enough. Right right now I'm because of COVID and everything else. I'm doing a lot of boat racing. And that's fun. Um, boat racing, uh, uh, kayaks and canoes. Okay, and just on the um, just out where the 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 uh, boathouse is there for is that where you're going in or where? Going where? To Charmington Park, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, they have uh, Wednesday night races, but just for fun. Am I thinking of the right place there, down by the downtown? 
uh, down by the river? Where no, no, this one's uh, in Shawnee Mission Park, like uh, Mission Park. 83rd and Renner, somewhere yeah. around there. No one knows what that is, but I just wanted, yeah, to, I wanted, I wanted yeah. to know. I wanted to yeah. know just because, in case I want to go and look at watch you guys do. Yeah, that. they've only got three more, and then it gets too chilly. Oh my god! Are you do hunt at all? You know, I never have. No. I uh, initially, when I first started shooting archery, I didn't feel good enough, and I had a piece of property at that point. I didn't feel accurate enough to do it, and. Uh, um, so I just never had the opportunity. I had interest, but not really the opportunity. And then once I got to being a little more competitive, yeah, then it went away. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just went away. Yeah, it's it, not everyone does it. I mean, but you you you've been super competitive. Um, you know, I just want to thank you for you know all the help that you've given me and um, so many people. Man, it's been well. We're really lucky. We got a good core here in Kansas. We have. We have a core. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no, no idea, no idea. Um, and then this barebo bug kind of bit me, and um, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of like it, but I suck at it. So you know, it's and 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 then that's motivating. So I'm kind of, it's, it's just motivating. So you know, it's like walking upstairs. You know, every now and then you get a plateau, and you, you, and then you get an aha moment, and you take another step up, and that's all she wrote. You're, you're never going to go back down. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I do. I do love it though. It's a lot of fun. Um, trad's a lot of fun too. Uh, any, any kind of trad archery is fun for me. So it, it's, it's awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, I know that's that we're squeezing. Uh, you know, you asked me earlier before we were on, on, you asked me about what I'd give, suggestions you'd give to a newcomer i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna that was we're gonna nice segue that is the okay segue. Well, okay yeah so yeah what i mean if you could for a newcomer to, into the sport of archery um or even hunting and i'm talking across the board trad and you can it can be for a traditional archery or you can be specific to bare bow but what would what would be one piece of advice that you would give that you think that out of, of everything this was this is the piece of advice that would help most well, I think we've already covered it for every, in, for every person. Yeah. They've got to come up with a shot routine that demands consistency okay. and get it to where that no matter what's going on in their head, no matter how nervous they are, no matter what their heart rate is, they have a fallback onto a step one, step two, step three, so that they always can count on consistency. And that allows them to make mistakes and then immediately correct the mistakes because they know what went wrong in their shot process. Now that's, you know, you just have to get rock solid at that one. And then the other thing suggestion, especially if they're trying to get more accurate is practice enough that you can shoot all the shots you're required to shoot yeah. strong. Yeah. I see an awful lot of people that go out to shoot 40 and they're they're trained to shoot 20 good shots or like uh, world archery field you guys shoot you know maybe 96 real shots and then another 20 or 30 practice so you got to have 120 shots in your arm oh wow and you do that back to back days so you got to have you got to practice enough that you got that level of strength that your first shot and your last shot are equal yeah 
Yeah, you got to finish strong, right? I mean, that's exactly. great, great advice, especially for people that are going to get into competition. Um, so awesome. Um, is there anything else? Anything else you want to add? Because I got some goofy question I want to ask. <laughs> goofy question. <laughs> so who? Who? Uh, well, first of all, before we get there, who's who? Who would be a mentor to you? Like who could? Who would? Who do you look up to or admire or, or as a mentor of yours? Uh, okay. <laughs> We have time for this one. Yeah. I don't. I don't admire anyone. Good. Because I've learned that lesson. Ah. When I was first starting, there was a whole bunch of people I just put on a pedestal. Yeah. And the first time I went to Twin Oaks in the shoot down, I got Alan Eagleton right off the bat. And Alan Eagleton, of course, I'd seen on TV at the World Field, and he got a silver medal in the World Field, and he was just, I admired the heck out of him. Yeah. Well, I was ahead of him after four and I blew it on five because I couldn't believe I was ahead of him. Got, got in your head. And there's a whole bunch of people that I consider are, are there are a few people that are inspirations, but I never consider them idols or heroes or anything like that just because it it's, doesn't work. And you'll find that they're all human anyway. And if you get on a good role or a good location or you get in there, you can beat them all. They're all easy to beat if you're on. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, like if I have inspiration, um, I like the guys that are older than I am. <laughs> like, like Rick. Yeah, Rick Stonebreaker. And, you know, he's older than I am. And if he can maintain that level of competitiveness with his age, then more power to him. Gives me something to shoot for. Hey, I wasn't, I haven't paid attention to uh, Yachtin or whatever, however you say it. Um, yeah, he just I, set a world record. And he just set a world record. So I, I wasn't paying much attention, but that popped up and I was like, oh, wow. Did yeah. he shoot over his par or something? Like what it was, it was something. He, shot, he shot two days, 470, 471. Yeah, 471. That's how, how consistent he was. Yeah. Um, another person that I really hold in high esteem is Ben Rogers. Ben is, you know, God, he's. 73 or 4 70 73 i think and he just had heart surgery and he's he's just been dominant and if those guys can do it so can other people yeah yeah no you're absolutely right uh so i guess the advice there is just the advice there is just don't let people get in your head everyone's human uh, people shoot over the target sometimes um you know yeah. and uh, when you see it uh the first World uh, National Senior Games I went to, there was a guy named Jim Plowen who invented the 21st century longbow. He was there shooting recurve. He, his legs were so bad, he almost couldn't walk the 60 meters down to the target or 60 yards. Oh, and he said, he set a record that day at age 86. Wow. And I was just like, I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> He's been an archery his entire life. It, yeah, it is. It is cool. It's it's great to see. Um, it's great to see competitors that are, are are older. And but it's also nice to see the young guys coming into and taking up the the reins, you know, too a little bit and winning and being successful because uh, we need the archery to grow and we need That's to right. become popular and we need to start paying you guys that are competitive um, or at least cover your costs to to go to these tournaments because you're representing the United States of America, right? We don't want uh, we want the best people in the world going and representing the United States of America. And that means that you have to make it worth people's while, you know? Right. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of people that, that you just, you know, 
if it's over in Europe, like the next one, you know, it's a $3,500, $4,000 trip. Yeah, no, exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, you don't even, but you, you, you have to buy your own jersey. <laughs> oh, we have to figure something out. Hey, um, okay. So, um, so I asked you about your mentors and, and idols and stuff like that. You gave a great answer. Now, who do you hate? Like, who do, who do you really, really hate? Can't wait to beat every single time. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think I hate anybody. That's the nice thing about it. I don't think there is a real sour apple in the group that I compete with. I mean, I've had, I've been completely a brand novice and put in with a world champion and they take me on a field course and teach me. Yeah, I know. I mean, teach me, no, do this and do this and do this. And I mean, one time I walked through a national field with Ben Rogers and I learned more in 24 targets than six months of training. Yeah. And Thanks. We, we, we're really fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like Demer either. Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have for today. That, that's actually it. That's all I have for you today. That was amazing, Mark. Thank you very much. Okay. I want to thank everyone for sticking around and listening. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. Um, pass the message around. This was a really great conversation. Um, don't forget, guys, we have Archery Geek and we have um, – uh, quick shots t-shirts for sale too that helps the channel out really really appreciate it and and also on that same website you and you can go and help the usa single string archery team by buying t-shirts uh from the trad life and all proceeds will go to the uh, competitors for the next world championship which isn't next year it'll be 2022 uh, yeah and I, and I think they're going to have another boot camp again next year yeah and, and there, then there's a that, lot of people that may have been caught off guard and Boy, I haven't heard a single word from anybody that said, nope, we can't do this. No, it's, it's, it was fantastic. Support that too. And we'll have it on this channel. Make sure that we, uh, we market the heck out of that because I think it was worth it. Um, I would have paid two times, three times the price for the amount of uh, knowledge I got. But anyway, thank you guys, everyone. Um, until we talk again, uh, enjoy the great outdoors.